0: The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com.
1: Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Jay. And uh, tonight you guys are bringing you an epic guest. We got Mr. Sam Jones from Indiana on the horn tonight. And uh, you know his list of pro staff slash sponsors is TRC Covers, Wicked Weights, FX Custom Rods, Accent Fishing Products, Biz Baits. He's part of Angler Expert. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about how he uh joined the pro tour this year for kbf uh do his little recap on big hill and nickajack lake he had a strong finish down there at nickajack and then uh upcoming event up there at saint Clair. so uh sam welcome to the show
0: thanks man excited to be on here
1: yeah definitely man um so as usual we always start with you know how you got into kayak fishing and then uh you know kind of what led you into uh competitive fishing so why don't you start us off with that
0: yeah absolutely so i've been you know fishing my whole life i can't remember a time where i didn't have a rod and rail in the hand um but it wasn't until i was about 14 that i got into bass fishing and uh really just it, it consumed me i've been competing since i was 16 either from a boat back of the boat, team tournaments, uh, co-angler with FLW and other clubs throughout the state. Um, So, you know, I've always been competing and always been in the bass industry. It wasn't until um, last year that I bought my first kayak. I fished out of uh, kayaks and and, uh, pedal boats and everything that you can imagine, tubes, all that. Uh, But it wasn't until last year that I decided to finally get into a kayak, and um, it was probably the best decision I ever made. I, uh, I purchased a uh, bona fide SS-127 from a local dealer here in Indiana, Moving Water Outfitters, and uh, took it straight to the water. And I've spent a ton of time in it since then getting used to it and getting comfortable in it. And I can't imagine ever going back to the boat, to be honest with you not to say that I won't get in there with a friend and fish or own one one day, but, uh, competing from a kayak is what I see myself doing for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, man. Um, I mean, it sounds like you and I have similar stories. Um, you know, it's just like that, that kayak fishing consumes you, man. (laughs) It's, uh, it's definitely different than the boat and, um, you know i think a lot of guys once they get into it they just they just don't necessarily turn back i mean it's not like you're gonna shy away from the whole boat thing i mean jay and i were talking about fishing out of boats today it's like sometimes you just want to do that but you know the the kayak passion is always there for sure so no that's very cool man so um did you fish local clubs last year
0: Um, I didn't, I signed up for a few like online events, uh, through different people and different clubs. Like I can remember specifically, um, Michigan, Ohio kayak anglers. I did a couple of their online. I don't even know if I did a KBF online, to be honest with you last year, Sure. Um, but just some random stuff. I didn't want to go too crazy because I just wanted to get really comfortable because it is like you just said, it's completely different than fishing. from a boat, from everything, from the way you, you know, work your presentations to hook sets to landing fish, all that. So before I went too crazy, I wanted to get really comfortable in it. And uh, so, yeah, just just some online stuff last year.
1: Very cool, very cool. So, I mean, that kind of leads us into our next topic. I mean, what kind of made you take the plunge and jump into the KBF Pro Tour? And I know you're fishing all the central region uh trail events right and I, I don't know if you're fishing any right. other ones but um you know kind of what what led you to that conclusion
0: so um uh, i mean like i said i've been competing since i was 16 um you know i can remember after high school i was i was fishing a tournament almost every night of the week so and i've always wanted to do this at a higher level and anything i do man i jump in 100 so um, you know, this year, you know, with the pro tour starting up and seeing what was going on, I wanted to be involved in it and, uh, wanted to experience it, you know, and it's in its first season and thankfully, you know, due to some of the partnerships I have with my sponsors, um, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, move forward with that. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to be a part of, you know history in the making as you could say really um, knowing what's coming down the pipeline with this I thought it was important to do it and I wanted to test myself and I figure if you're gonna if you're gonna go do it do it all the way right like sure no better way to to get better at what you do than to compete against the best in it so you know I was blessed enough to have the opportunity uh, to do it so I, I went for it
1: yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, this is my first year fishing KBF as well, and, you know, I kind of dove in and was just like, screw it, I'm going for it, you know. Um, so I'm right there with you, man. So, you know, leading into the first tournament, Big Hill, Kansas, um, you know, which is where I met you and uh, Alan Reed, and, um, you know, I was a little intimidated so to speak you know i you know i'd heard alan's name for sure uh previously and uh you know i knew you guys were my competition and um you know i know you guys were on fish all week i was on fish all week and then tournament day came and it was like a struggle for everybody for sure (laughs) and i know you had some issues you know and I had seen you later in the day and I was just like, man, I was thinking about you all day because the wind had kicked up there. Um, we, we had talked about that on a previous episode, how like the winds were just howling. We had like three foot waves. Like, I mean, it was just gnarly yeah. conditions and you were paddling. So why don't you run us through like your struggles of that um, just to kind of give a, a, a relation to some of our listeners and stuff.
0: Sure. Well, first, let me say congratulations to Alan Reed on the victory there at Big Hill. Yeah, like buddy. Like you said, most people that weren't there will never know oh, what yeah. kind of conditions <laughs> he had to go go up against to, to get that win. So that was huge. You know, Alan's my travel partner, and, and we both had a really great practice. I'll be honest with you, by 2 o'clock on, on Wednesday, I already had set in my mind what I was going to do on tournament day. Sure. I spent... Uh, I spent Thursday just kind of checking out some different areas of the lake, and then Friday was just like a quick little. Hey, let me make sure that everything I got still there, and it was. And I was I was pumped up, dude. Going into going into tournament morning, like I was I was pumped up. But in the back of my mind, I was worried about two things: people being on my spot um, because I knew it was going to be a little protected from the wind we had coming, sure. And two, that wind you know it it was uh it was definitely on my mind but i made a decision that i was just going to go for it and uh paddle across that lake and up that lake and no matter how heavy the waves were and get to that spot cuz i knew the potential that it had sure um so yeah tournament morning i think we had storms leading up to and lightning leading up to uh to launch if I remember right yeah yeah it was um, definitely
1: I think when we were all in the parking lot getting ready I think it was it was lightning some rain blew in and then that kind of cleared out but the the wind was there and that wasn't going away anytime quick so
0: right yeah so um, the wind was already there like you said and I remember just paddling uh, for my life to get across this lake into this protected protected area in which I had found a lot of fish. I mean, a lot of fish, um, and good ones too. I think, uh, I think I voted on tournament day, like an 18 something, um, got big bass on one of the hourly big bass pots.
1: Nice. Um,
0: but I, I just struggled all day fighting the wind, man. I was paddling more than I was fishing. And, uh, you know, at, at big Hill, a lot of the bank line is covered in like slime, yeah. So a lot of my bites were actually coming on the edge of that slime and working it kind of away from there. Um, I was fishing fishing the bottom uh, mostly, and I was in the fluke a little bit as well. Um, but I was fishing the bottom mostly there. Um, you know, shaky head and getting my bites like that, and it just it was tough on tournament day because I was basically getting blown into the bank. You know, even anchoring, I was getting blown. Um, I wasn't holding and uh so i was basically fishing from the bank in my kayak yeah and uh you know so then you're working it into the slime instead of away from the slime and you know in my opinion the bass were you know nose to the bank uh just because of the time of the year we had and they were you know coming up on the spawn um or spawning and so i'm, I'm not really presenting the bait the way i need to you know not bringing it towards them i'm uh, i'm bringing it from from the back to the front so i just didn't get the bites that i needed that day and i struggled a little bit and um, i made some mistakes early on i actually threw back a couple keeper fish first thing in the morning like 12 13 inches because i mean every day in practice i put up over 80 inches not even trying right um and so i actually didn't even finish that tournament with a limit
1: yeah. I know when I ran into you, um, towards the end of the day, I think it was like the last hour or something, you know, you, you know, I was like, so how'd you do? And you're like, I only got three fish. And, um, man, it was, it was definitely struggling. struggle and I can relate, man. I, I made some mistakes as well as, you know, I went way up North and, uh, I told myself during pre-fish like practice, you know, like, I was gonna stay away from there, but I was just trying to protect myself from the wind but had I not wasted all that time going up there, I think I could have got a few better fish you know in the in the bag but uh yeah, it was a struggle, man. it was a struggle, I mean, but uh you know it is what it is you're gonna have good ones and you're gonna have bad ones, right so
0: that's right that's fishing
1: <laughs> so um yeah, so you ended up taking uh what was it uh fifth in the pro and uh would you end up in the regular tournament
0: uh I was inside the top twenty I think it was like fifteenth or sixteenth yeah um, in in the trail
1: okay, yeah, I thought you were up there like you know top twenty for sure so
2: um so a hey, uh it what was your uh like your color selection from like working the bottom or if you're working any uh faster baits you know if you're uh because <clears throat> i know you said you work the bottom more often um off the uh yeah. the slimed uh the slime shores but were you throwing anything else And like what colors were you going with
0: yeah so in my area uh, my area is about a football field in length but there were three key spots um in there and uh, in practice, you know, I took a bunch off in those spots each time. And it's kind of weird. So it's like three things in one, right? So you had right on the bank, you had the, the buck bass were up there. So you can catch a limit pretty quick doing that. And then, you know, a few yards off the bank, it would kind of, it'd go down to about six to eight foot in depth. And then right off of that was a ledge and there was 12 to 15 foot in depth. And so I really had three patterns and three spots in this one area. Um, So, like I said, I could catch them real quick, shallow. um, And there'd be some big ones mixed in there, but mostly bucks. And then come out off there and have a a decent little bite in kind of this grassy, flat um, area. And then the drop-off through it is actually schools of bait. And I was catching fish out in that, you know, schooling on the bait, and I was throwing a fluke, you know, I'd see him bust up out there, and I'd throw the fluke out there, and uh, I'd get bit doing that all through practice, and even on tournament day, I got bit that way as well. Um, so, but colors, uh, to answer your question, so with the fluke, I was throwing like white or albino. I was just trying to mimic sh- the smaller shad that were in the area. And then on the shaky head, I was throwing the biz dates, Dizzy diamond and just a green pumpkin. Um, that's pretty much my thing. I, I pretty much throw green pumpkin in clear water and then black and blue and stained water or like a summer crawl, something that's got a chartreuse, uh, to it. But uh, I don't get too crazy with my collars, to be honest with you.
1: Right on. Very cool, man. Very cool. Good info. Um, so you went home for a couple of days and you headed to Tennessee. So how did uh how did Nickajack, you know, when you got there, what was uh kind of your game plan and you know, how did your practice go and all that good stuff?
0: Yeah, so Nick jack's interesting. Um man a lot happened there. A lot happened there. Um some funny stuff, some not so funny stuff. Oh yeah. And uh some some great some great fishing too so leading up to naked jack i like to do a lot of i like to do a lot of preparation i like to find as much information on a lake as i can do map study um you know reach out to people i know in the area find out as much as i can because uh, i don't have a whole lot of time to practice usually luckily for Nick and jack i had three days as well uh, well two and a half because we got cut off at one o'clock on friday yeah yeah, yeah. um but leading up, man, I couldn't find much at all. Like, I knew there was some FLW tournaments out there. I knew Bass had had, like, a, a tournament out there at one point um, for, like, a loser's bracket thing. But I really couldn't find much. You know, little tournament results here and there. But everyone that I talked to that lived in the area, they are like, dude, I don't fish that. Go to Chick. I go to Guntersville. There's no reason to go to Nick Jack. Right. So, you know, going there was um, – was different it was it was really just uh getting down there and kind of checking it out um i wanted to fish in the river that was my game plan i quickly realized that that was not going to be um you know the most suitable situation for me sure and i ended up fishing i fished on the south end so i think like the day before i kind of picked out an area and i showed alan you know my travel partner i said hey i think i'm going to check this out and, uh, I went down there, I got down there at like nine o'clock in the morning. I was on the water by 10 and first cast, I'd caught like a 17 incher. Um, I actually, I, I, threw it out there and had some, some backlash that I was kind of working out and reeled it up and you know, I had a 17 incher on. Um, so I played around in that area for a little bit, and maybe about an hour and caught quite a few fish and I was like, all right, I'm going to go figure something else out. So I went out to the main lake. I didn't find a whole lot out there that i really liked and it was windy that day so you know we had like two or three footers out there um, sure. so i lo so i loaded up and uh went up and played around in the northern part of the lake um or the river i guess and alan and alan went up there with me we actually went up to the dam too which was probably not the smartest idea i've ever had um, <laughs> trying to paddle trying to paddle out there in the tail waters of uh dam uh that was that was interesting for sure um i went across the current to the slack water side and I, I remember i was trying to run you know north and south up the current to the other side and i was struggling man like really struggling i was getting washed backwards pretty quick and I don't know what those things are called, but where the barges are yeah. like dock up to or whatever.
1: Yeah, they're like big columns um, that come out of the water and they tie all the yeah. barges to them. Yeah, I know where you're talking. Yeah,
0: yeah, right, right. So I remember trying to paddle across the slack water side over there. And um, man, the back end of my kayak literally tapped one of those columns as I was coming across had I had I been any slower um I might have uh I might have been in trouble there and then yeah. coming back to the ramp afterwards um was in the dark was even uh even tougher so yeah I I knew after that that I wasn't going to mess around in the river too much um and I was going to stick around on the south end so
1: yeah I fished um up, I fished up there Thursday and just to give you listeners like kind of like a uh, a realization of the current that sam's talking about i think the discharge on average was about 40,000 cfm so i mean it's brutal and uh i did make my way over there and that was pretty sketchy even with a trolling motor and the fact that you paddled over there like i don't know man <laughs> that's that's uh <laughs> that's some ballsy stuff but um you know i fished up there on Thursday, I think it was. I spent all day up there, and I mean, I caught a, a, a few fish, but there was a lot of small, uh, smallmouth that you would have to sort through, and things like that. And you know, down on the south end, I, I, I definitely ended up finding some bigger fish. Um, so that's why I kind of kind of wiped that off the board. But that current up there is just—it's gnarly, man. Uh, so,
0: but yeah, yeah, man. My original plan was to kind of run around in the river and fish bridge pylons. Sure, but uh, you know, I just I realized after a couple days that I wasn't going to be able to effectively fish it the way I thought I needed to to put myself in position to win because this wasn't about points. I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's not a trail or tour event. This is about two things: qualifying, you know, hopefully in that top twenty.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh,
0: to get that free entry and win in the thing, you know. Sure. So, that's why I picked the South end. I, I felt more comfortable down there, and uh, you know, I knew I'd had some fish down there that I thought could thought could get it done. So, um, that's where I ended up.
1: Yeah. So, so day one, you ended up finishing in thirteenth uh, place, and uh, so why don't you yeah. run us through like day one, like your thoughts, how that all went down.
0: Yeah, so after practice again, man, I felt really confident in what I was doing. Um, I hadn't set the hook a whole lot, so I wasn't positive on size. Um, but, you know, I, I had a pretty good idea of what I thought was there. Um, so tournament morning, I got down there really early. I think me and Alan were the first, maybe the second people to the, to the ramp, uh, got loaded up. And then quickly, I started getting worried about how much of my water I was going to be sharing because this truck after truck starts pulling up. I think when we launched, we had over ten kayaks at our little ramp.
1: Oh wow! Um,
0: yeah, and you know, you could go left or you could go right, and I was going right into into the into the uh, back of this bay, I guess you could call it. Basically, it's where twenty four split the lake up. Sure. Sure. And, uh, um, if anybody looks at the lake, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, and I think there was like eight of us out of that 10 that went right into that pocket. Um, so I had again, like three spots back there that I really wanted to fish. I mean, you could fish the whole area and get, get bit, but I had three spots that I was really kind of keen in on. And, uh, then I had some backup stuff. Well, I think I was the only person paddling, out of the group of eight so um you can imagine i pro i wasn't able to fish my primary area <laughs> sure, um, sure. in fact i didn't fish my primary area the entire tournament and it probably worked out better uh for me so uh, my game plan was pretty simple man we had a shad spawn going on in the morning until about mid-morning i was gonna fish that and then i was gonna move out to some deeper water um and, and, you know, try and upgrade, uh, there. So I knew I could get my limit pretty early in the morning and then just, you know, try and upgrade all day. So sure. that's what I did. You know, day one actually ran into Scott. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name, Butcher. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, yep.
0: Yeah, I ran into him first thing in the morning, him and Bill and uh, Fuquay were out there on the water and he took some photos of me and stuff, which was awesome. Uh, they made it onto the FLW website and Instagram and stuff like that. And, uh, he fished around me for a little while. Um, I had my limit within the first like 10 minutes, They're just small ones though. Um, and then I moved over to, uh, to another area where they were schooling pretty good. And I just started throwing a swim bait. I was throwing a, uh, wicked weights. It's called a wicked willow. It's a bladed swim bait hook. I was throwing that in a quarter ounce. And then I threw a handful of different swim baits, actually. I was changing up quite a bit. Um, Anytime the bite would slow down, I'd change up the swim bait. Um, So anywhere from like a four and a half to a five and a half inch swim bait. And during that shad spawn. And I was was jacking them pretty good. I caught early on in the morning. I caught like a 19 inch or 1875, something like that. Um, And uh, some 14s. I was sitting in like third place. Nice. Um, first thing in the morning right away. So, I, I mean, I felt good, right? I knew I had to upgrade the 14s, but was feeling pretty good. I sit there and fished that area for a while until that bite like completely died off. And that actually on day one, that lasted until about midday. And then I ran over to one of my other spots. Luckily there wasn't anybody over there. And, uh, I upgraded, you know, that last hour of the tournament. After the rain, because we had some torrential downpours that day. Oh, yeah. Um, so, right at the tail end of that rain, you know, it pushed them down deep, which actually helped out my bite because um, it kind of locked them down in an area. And I started throwing a quarter ounce wicked weight shaky head with a six inch uh, dizzy diamond green pumpkin uh, from Biz Baits. And I was just fishing it real, real slow. Um in about uh seven to nine foot of water, depending on the spot. Sure. Um and uh they were slamming it, dude. You know, I caught a couple sixteens and some seventeens upgraded. I got a call at I think it was like two. I got a call from Amanda saying, Hey, we need to make sure you're at the stage, no later than three thirty. Um, so I actually stopped fishing about a half an hour early. Cause I car top and everything. So I've got to break down completely and put everything in my car and get the kayak on top of the car. And then it was an hour to weigh in.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, so I quit fishing about a half an hour early, actually to get up there. And then I get up there and they're getting ready to pull the names and go up on stage and some, I guess a couple of people had submitted fish kind of at the last minute there and bumped me down to 13th by like, uh, like a quarter of an inch out of the top 10. So,
1: yeah. Um, so let's talk about that real quick. So you're sitting in 13th after day one. What are you thinking that night? Like, I mean, you're definitely within grasps of, you know, not only getting the, the free, um, you know, entry into the next one. And uh, not only that, but placing in the money. I mean, you know, what what, what was kind of running through your mind that night?
0: Yeah, so back up a little bit. So I submitted my last fish as my phone, my 10S, my iPhone, was bugging out on me, um, and my screen went out. Yep. Um, so first thing I had to do was quickly go get a phone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, luckily, there's a Verizon store right by check-in, as you know.
1: Yeah, uh, yep.
0: Unfortunately, <laughs> I worked, yeah unfortunately I worked for Verizon and that was an authorized retailer. So I couldn't do business there. So I had to drive an hour to the closest corporate location.
1: Oh man. Um,
0: yeah. And I had to buy a brand new phone, you know, um, and try and get that all set up. And then I get back to camp and, you know, again, we had those torrential downpours and my tent had completely collapsed. Oh, and, uh, I have, yeah I have a quick uh quick pitch tent, so it's not something like where I could fix it. the, yeah. the main like supporting bars were like completely broken from oh, the weight of uh, the water. all my stuff's soaking wet and I'm like, oh, all right, so I kind of like rigged it up a little bit to hold it up and then um you know it's late by this point, right Cause Sure. I think it was like nine nine thirty ten o'clock. and so I put all my stuff in my car that I needed to rig up the next day and me and Alan went and found a shelter because it was raining again yep. and uh, we kind of rigged up everything and I came back to the campsite and it was literally on the ground oh. like this time completely on the ground oh. all my stuff is soaking wet um, and again I do all this out of my car
1: right. I have a
0: 2014 Impala that I do all this out of so like, my typical process is I load my car up, I go to the campground and unload it, and get my car fishable, like where I can fish out of it for a tournament. So that night, I had to get everything in my car, clean it all up. By the time I was done with that, it was like 3 or 4 in the morning, and I just went to the ramp. So I didn't sleep that night at all. Yeah. So, uh, but you know what it was all fine and dandy because i felt really good about my chances you know like you said i'm sitting in 13th i know my fish are there still i have no worries about that just because the way they're set up i'm feeling really confident um so yeah we launch that morning and uh head out to the spots and i'm feeling really good i'm tired but i'm feeling good right right so
1: yeah, I, I mean, it seems like everybody's got a story from Nickajack, you know, because I ran into <laughs> you guys um, after day one. You you went and checked in and everything, and then you were like, "Yeah, I got to go to the Verizon store," and I'm like, "Well, I just left there. <laughs> it's like 15 minutes up the road, you know." And um, yeah, you know, i I think after day one. You know, I was off the water by, I think it was 11, 11 o'clock central time, so noon, um, maybe 11.30, or I was heading in about that time, just because I lost the phone. (coughs) Phone's in the bottom of Nickajack Lake, and right when those torrential downpours came in was right when I was leaving the ramp to head back out. So I know exactly what you're talking about because I think my spot was probably a good half hour to 45 minutes away from the actual ramp. I was fishing that far east side kind of where the river channel came in and you know there was a a rocky shoreline, a big ledge. There was some current there and it was holding some big fish but you know, once that storm hit, unfortunately it didn't do for me what it did for you. You know, when that storm hit, my fish moved down deep and I just couldn't get them to go after that. And then, um, you know, so, you know, I thought it was supposed to clear up, um, Saturday evening. And then I, I ended up waking up in the middle of the night, getting soaked in my trailer. Cause I had my, uh, fan vent open on the on the roof and there was just water coming in and i'm just like oh geez you know like what else can go wrong oh, man. <laughs> right. so um yeah it sounds like we were in a very similar situation this whole tournament so um day right. two day two like i mean you ended up finishing overall in 22nd place but um you know, what, what happened to you on day two and what, what got you to 22nd place?
0: Yeah. So day two is a very similar story, right? We had a little bit of rain, nothing, nothing crazy. Wind changed though. It's coming out of the North and I think it was like about 10 degrees cooler. Yeah. Um, but for fit from a fishing standpoint, it really didn't change what I was doing. Um, I fished two baits the entire tournament. I never picked up another rod um you know the shaky head and the swim bait Mm -hmm. and so on day two similar thing there was a there was less boats i think we only had five boats at a ramp that morning five or six um and only about four of those went back to this area um but i don't know if you had this experience on your end but we had a lot of boater traffic on ours um So just local guys fishing, and then even in the midday to afternoon, pleasure boaters out there. Um, So interestingly enough, I went right back to that same spot that I started out on day one. Um, Immediately, I caught my limit within the first 15 minutes. Couldn't even upload them um, because the app was not allowing us to upload them for whatever reason um which was fine so i just kept fishing i had like a 16 something and um, a bunch of 13s and 14s all that morning i mean it's left and right catching the same size fish uh, but the school wasn't even active yet like i hadn't even seen one bust yet um so i just you know was looking at them on the lowrance and then backing off and fishing them um and then sure enough i see a bass boat coming at me um you know 34 miles an hour and then he just you know puts the brakes on and drops the trolling motor literally on top of me like i could have jumped from my deck to his oh, um man. yeah no i'm not kidding dude I, so i have footage of this but i lost it um on my camera so um yeah so and that's another story with my gopro but anyway um so he sits literally on top of me and uh, I remember at one point we both made a cast at the same time and I swore our base, were going to hit each other and we were both catching. So, um, you know, every other cast, he was catching one, every other cast, I was catching one all about the same size and never saw him pull anything big out. Um, but I was just getting irritated, you know, and I was like, Hey man, uh, are you fishing a tournament? He goes, no, I'm just out here. Fun fishing, bud. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, you know, fishing for $13,000 in
2: contention
0: to win this thing. Um, He's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, you know, I explained the tournament and everything. He goes, okay, cool, bud, and cast right over me, you know? (laughs)
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) I'm like, all right, well, he doesn't get it or he doesn't care, so I'm going to let him have it. So I left. Uh, that spot and went to you know my area that I had upgraded the day before um, a little earlier than what I wanted to. I know there were bigger fish in there. Like I said, I caught an 18 something on day one, 16 something on day two. I knew there were bigger fish in there. You just had to weed through it. Sure. But I wasn't going to sit there and fight this guy over this area. Um, and I didn't want it messing with my head the whole time, which it would have. So I was like, let me get out of here. Let me go to this other spot. So I go to my other spot and, you know, if you were just watching me from a distance, you probably would have thought I was just like cruising down the bank fishing, but it's not what I was doing. I mean, yes, there was times that I was just looking for that bonus fish, but there were specific areas that I was targeting um, that, uh, you know, I was looking at the Lowrance unit and, and seeing where they were kind of schooled up at. And um, I was fishing that. So, you know, i had caught a few fish on my way over to the, to the juice, you know, to the main spot. And, um, I get there. I'm like, all right, this is where it's going to happen. I make that first cast into that, that spot. Basically it's a Creek channel. It comes right up to this, you know, to this, uh, road where they've got these big boulders and everything. There's some grass down there. I mean, it's perfect picture. Perfect. Right. So I make the cast in there and, you know, I work it a little bit. And right as I'm getting ready to kind of pull it out, just dunk and set the hook. Rod bends completely over. Um, It's strip and drag. All right, here it is, you know. And I get her to the boat. um, And the wind's blowing by this point, so I'm literally on the rocks, right? I'm fighting the fish towards the rocks, which is the last thing you want to do. Um, You always want to fight them out to the deeper water, but I just couldn't position the boat that way and keep it that way so i get her up to the boat and she turns over on her side i grab the net i'm gonna go scoop her and she decides to make another dig at it and when she does she goes down and wraps me right around the boulder oh man um and breaks and breaks me off yeah she, i mean every bit of six seven pounds probably the bigger one of the bigger fish that i've had on all year if not the biggest um Trashing around a boulder breaks me off. I mean, literally I had seven foot a leader and she broke it off with, you know, like right above the hook pretty much, maybe a foot above the hook. And the whole leader line was just shredded. So I threw a little fit, you know, like any grown man would do. And, uh, (laughs) and then I, I, I retied my leader with my shaky hands and, uh, you know, gave it a little tug. I was like, man, that doesn't feel like a good knot. So I cut that off and retied another one and I make another cast to the exact same spot. And again, I work it, work it, work it through there and right as I'm about ready to, you know, reel it up real quick. Dunk. Hmm. And, uh, another fish right at the boat, probably anywhere between 16 and 18 inches Grab the net, go to scoop. It jumps two foot out of the air, spits the hook. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, all right, so this is how it's going to go today. Okay. <laughs> well, what do you do, man? Yeah. You know, just cast it out there again and keep going. So, I cast it out there again. This time, as it's fallen, bam, just hits it hard drill the hook into it or so I thought get it to the boat same thing jumps right at the boat a couple feet out of the water I mean those fish were strong there it yeah was, it was nuts jumps a couple feet out of the water probably another 16 to 18 inch class fish spits the hook I literally tried to like catch it with the net <laughs> <laughs> almost fell out of the kayak um uh, and uh yeah, and so it took. So I spent another 20, 30 minutes on that same spot, never moved off of it, just fishing. And I caught a couple smaller, 13, 14-inch fish, but never got another big bite. And then uh, the wind started really picking up at that point. And so I actually just let it push me down the lake all the way out to the main lake. And throughout that process, I upgraded like three or four times nice. to... Like fourteen, fifteen inchers, but never got another big bite. Um, and uh, yeah, ended up in twenty-second place. Um, but you know, think if I would have had that, the one, the first one I lost would have been easily a twenty-class, twenty-inch class fish. Sure. And two, let's say they were, say they were seventeens, that would have put me right in contention, at least, at the very least, top three.
2: Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, and you know it it's real interesting too because like you know, between the two of you, and I'll have a question for both of you to answer, um it sounds like there was incredible adversity throughout this whole situation. You know, Brian was out there longer than you. Um pretty much from what I'm hearing, everybody that prefished did really well. Yeah. Come game day. There were issues with rain, you know because that cut your your guy's uh day pretty short you know you're you're talking about your tent getting basically smashed by the rain um your phone's jacked up brian's phone's gone <laughs> um you know you're losing fish so and, and it brings up an interesting uh point of there's a psychological aspect oh, that yeah. That nobody Absolutely. real that nobody realizes exists um, in any of the fishing sports, but especially kayaking, because it's such an intimate situation, um, and it's really just you against the water, and you can be the best fisherman you know you, you could ever be, but you're still going to face some of these psychological adversities. Now, that being said, uh, question to you know to both of you. Is as you experienced your situations and your you know your issues, um, how did you prevail? How did you progress through it and deal with it? Um, I mean, because it sounded like, I mean, I guess you're. I don't know whose was worse um, <laughs> because it was they're they're both similar. But I mean, we're talking about lost fish at the boat. Because I know I'm horrible at it. Yeah. You know, I'm, and you know that. (laughs) Like, I I get really, I get really bad. I get inside my head and I can tank the whole day. It's hard for me to pull myself out of that hole. So, how do you, how do you guys deal with it? Uh, I'll let
1: Sam go first and then I'll, 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 I'll give you my two cents.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, here's the thing. Like I said, I've been doing this a while. Um, tournament fishing, that is, and and, and fishing in general. Um, And there was a time where any of the things that I've mentioned um, throughout this, this, you know, time talking with you guys would have uh, sent me in a downward spiral. Um, But I think, you know, after years of experience and after, you know, doing this long enough, and watching others do it long enough, you, you quickly realize it's the people who are able to keep it together and keep going and keep grinding it out are the ones that are the most consistent, and those are the guys that are at the top. Because I think, Brian, you said it earlier, I mean, we, we've we all gone through this stuff. Everyone at Naked Jack had a story, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you look at you look at bogdan if you listen to his story I and mean, he had some adversities that he went through yeah um so that's just part of it you know anybody who's like out here watching you know flw mlf bass even the kbf pro tour now and thinking oh hey that's some easy thing to do or that looks really cool and fun and i want to do that one day well like reality check it's it's work <laughs> yeah it's work and it's not all fun and games and it's not this luxury life like you know we spend a lot of time on the road you yeah. spend a lot of time practicing a lot of sleep i mean you know i didn't get any sleep the night before the tournament um which led probably to me not doing the best at you know getting those fish in the boat maybe it would have or not changed it i don't know but yeah, I think you just, you get used to it at some point, and you realize, like, this stuff's going to happen. That's part of fishing. Um, you know, that's what we signed up for, and uh, that's why it's called Fishing and Not Catching. Yeah. And you just grind it out. You just keep going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said. And, you know, uh, going to me, losing my phone early in the day, day one, Um. Like right after it happened, I was just like, my mind was so blown. And I'm just like, I'm screwed. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I might as well go home. Like, I got no way to upload fish. And, um, you know, I told myself, you know, I'm like, well, sitting here isn't going to do me any good. I need to start heading back towards the ramp. And as I'm heading back, I'm like, oh, I got a GoPro in the truck. Um, found a guy at the ramp fishing from the bank asked him to use his phone called the tournament director and uh explained my situation he's like yep you know you can uh use your gopro but you got to have those photos uploaded well i had no way to upload them with me i had to get like you said i was staying up by dayton by hq so it was like an hour and 15 minute drive to to my trailer to you know, get to my laptop, and have a Wi-Fi signal, get photos uploaded, and, you know, it was like, you know, the thought that night was like, do I even fish tomorrow? Like, I I got no chance at this, and I'm like, oh, you know, why give up, you know, like, and then day two, go out to my spot, rained all night, water's dirty as all get out, because I'm right on the main river channel, and, I catch, like, two short fish, and I'm like, I'm screwed. I might as well go home. Like, I was, like, so ready to give up, and I'm like, why, you know? And that was the thing. Like, I always try to tell myself, like, you know, just have fun, you know? But when you got that competition aspect, it's kind of hard not to think about that and
2: just have fun. And... Well, and then the fact, too, that this was, like, an FLW event yeah, this and, is like the and, biggest event to happen so right, far in right yeah,
1: and and that's just it you know it's just like all week i'm on good fish and i'm like i'm gonna do really good like that there was no doubt in my mind with like the pattern i was fishing and stuff i wasn't gonna end up in the top top 30 you know if not top 20 and you know, going through all these struggles and stuff. And, you know, I remember leaving my spot day two. I'm like, you know, I might as well go home. And part of that is, is like you said, we're on the road, we're traveling. Like, I know you got to go home for a few days and that wasn't much, but like, you know, it just didn't make sense for me to go from Kansas back to Northern Illinois and then back down to Tennessee. And so I was on the road for legit 11 days and it just, it, I mean, when you're in, and I, t- I remember having a conversation with Jay. It was like you know, it's different when you're with somebody else. Like like you're traveling with Alan. I mean, I was traveling solo, and it's just like eleven days being by yourself. I mean, it's kind of nice to like just relax and like just you know block all that stuff out. But I mean, that struggle day two, uh, you know. I'm like I got no other spots all my spots were consistent consistent with like features and stuff like that and I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do and I ended up um I ended up dragging a Ned Rig off a rocky point and you know scratched up a limit ended up getting I think my big fish of the day was like 16 and a half or something but uh I got another funny story you know kind of similar to what uh sam was talking about is like along this rocky shoreline i was fishing dragging this ned rig and i I thought i hooked into a seven pounder and by the time it got to the surface it was a turtle like 18 inches across (laughs) like the hook of the ned rig like got hooked around its shell it didn't actually hook the turtle but i'm just like man this is like how my whole tournament is gone like you know why not just hook a turtle you know so ended up getting him unhooked but i mean that's the thing like you know mentally i was like just totally ready to give up but when it all came down to it i'm like you know what yeah i'm not winning any money uh i'm not getting a a free ticket to the next one but i at least want to do good at showing and i know some people struggled day two Mm -hmm. Um, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast, like I think Christine Fisher was up there right around Sam after day one and day two, I think she had like one, like 16 or 17 inch fish. All the rest were 12, 12 and a quarter, 12 and a half, you know, so You know, I I mean, I didn't have the best bag day two, but it was enough to bump me up a little bit. I think I ended up in like 63rd, and granted, that's better than 70th had I not fished day two, you know. So, I mean, it's a struggle, man, but it's like, I know I've been getting better with that whole mental aspect game, but like Sam said, you just got to keep grinding it out, you know, and that was like the whole mindset I had was just, you know just keep going why well, give up you know so
2: but yeah no that's cool I, I mean you know i think a lot a lot of times people don't realize too is you know everyone thinks fishing is easy yeah and when you do this stuff like they don't realize when you're pounding out these tournaments yeah you're getting up at three thirty in the morning you're traveling to wherever you're going which is you know in most cases at least an hour away from where your meetup spot is or you or where you're camping yeah you get home at like nine o'clock at night, you know. I mean, it, it's yep. it's an early and a late day. You're exhausted. There's so much that goes into this, so you have, I guess, the the mental, yeah, uh, you, you know, the the, the mental uh, uh, anguish, but also the physical aspects of it too. So all you guys out there that are looking to start getting into this, you, you better start getting your chops because. <laughs> You know, I mean, I've done a few heavy hitting ones, doing the championships and stuff, and it is grueling. Yeah, I'm, I cannot wait to not have to wake up early, like yeah. after it's all done. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, like Sam said, I, it, it's a grind. You just got to keep grinding it out and keep going. I mean, and that's when you see the consistent guys. That's just what they're doing. You know. That's the thing, you know. Like Sam lost those big fish at the boat, but he was just like, "Whatever," you know. It wasn't like he stopped fishing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: he said he had a few choice words, you know, and you know, uh, like a grown man would, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. But uh,
2: there ain't nothing wrong with the tantrum y- on the water. Y-
1: yeah, <laughs> but you, you just keep you just keep grinding away, you know, and that's all you can really do. So. But uh no. Yeah, it's...
0: yeah. You know, it's not the highlight reel that everyone sees on on TV and on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. yet it probably would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh no, that's cool, man. So um so next stop St. Clair, Michigan. So you're going to be there. What's your plans? What are you thinking?
0: Well, uh First plant, so I'm not even unpacked yet, uh, from Nick and Jack. Neither am I. Um, (laughs) Literally, literally this morning going into work, I was taking clothes out of the suitcase. So, um, yeah, not even unpacked yet. My gear's thrown all over the place. Um, I got to get a couple new reels because I had on top of everything else, had a couple reels break down on me while I was out there. Um, and uh, I'm not going to take the time to try and fix them, so I'm just going to get a couple new ones. Sure. Um, so pl- so plan one is to uh, get organized and get things ready to go. Uh, two, try and, if I can find the time to do it, put a motor yeah. uh, on the bona fide, which is a whole other topic that we could talk about. For sure. Um, After saying I would never do it, I'm ready to do it. Yeah. Um, And then yeah so St. Clair I've never fished water anywhere near that big um you know that's that's a whole nother ball game I am not a smallmouth fisherman I've gotten into it a little bit since I've had the kayak because I've fished small rivers here around Indiana and had a blast doing it a couple times sure so it's definitely something that I want to get into but it is not my ball game like I feel pretty confident that I can break the lake down I can find large mouths understand their patterns and you know where they're at and what they're doing when it comes to smallmouth i do not have that figured out um so st clair i'm a little i'm super excited about it because it's going to be a challenge and i'm going to be going after smallmouth something i've never had to do i've never caught a trophy size smallmouth at all i've never caught a big smallmouth uh to be honest so do probably biggest is like 15 16 inches okay. and i think i caught that at big hill <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. um so it, it it's a totally different thing for me but i'm excited for the challenge but i'm also you know super nervous about it i've got a couple areas that i want to check out um you know i'm a little bit nervous about you know what happens if the wind kicks up or something like that on a lake that size you know right you, you've seen you've seen what can happen out there um so you know, it's, it's going to be, it's the one that I'm looking forward to and least looking forward to all at the same time. Um, so it's going to be interesting, but I'm going to get three days of practice. Um, well, no, I'm going to get two days. I'm going to get Thursday, Friday, and then uh, we'll see what we can do on Saturday.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much in the same, same line as you, man. Like, uh, You know, and I think me, you, and Alan had talked about that down down there in Tennessee. You know, it's just like, I don't know what to expect. It's a huge body of water. Um, I know it's mainly going to be a small mouth bite, and, uh, you know, who knows? It's just that, uh, you know, like you said, the wind kicks up. That can get hairy, and, uh, you know, hopefully everybody stays safe and everything, so yeah i'm excited man it it, it'll be different um it'll be a new experience and uh it'll be one for the books so it's a good thing they do best best out of three for a (laughs) hawaii points right uh, yes uh, i'm
0: fully prepared to get uh get spanked uh, in this one so
1: yeah i um, feel
0: like i'll be competitive in the others but not this
1: one (laughs) yeah no i i feel the same way man so It'll be interesting, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it, though. It's uh, I've heard nothing but great things about that lake, and that's kind of like a bucket list lake for me. So, um, should right should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, we'll see you up there. I can I'm tell sure. you,
0: my original my original plan was to fish the Detroit River because of that. I have fished, and I know how to largemouth fish for largemouth in the river there. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I read today that that's going to be off limits. So, um, plan B.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool, man. Well, we're, uh, we're winding down here at the end of the episode. Why don't you, um, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you on your social, uh, YouTube channel if you got one and then, uh, you know, shout out to any of your sponsors and stuff. And then, uh, we'll run through our, our little closeout. wrap this thing up man
0: awesome well thanks for having me on first of all and then uh, yeah follow me yeah follow me at at Sam Jones Fishing on Instagram you know follow me on Facebook at Sam Jones send me a friend request Um, you can find me on Angler Experts as well Um, and then I will be launching a YouTube channel here shortly I hope to have already had it out it was going to be all about my travels but I've lost a lot of stuff uh, so, I got to piece that together, but that's going to be Jonesing to Fish. Um, so, that'll be out shortly. I'll announce that on my socials once it is. Very cool. Um, and then, yeah, just, yeah, thanks, man. Um, I've been, that's something I've been wanting to do for a while now. And uh, I've always been behind the camera, and uh, it's time to step out in front of it. Not the most comfortable there, but uh, time to do it. So, and then, yeah, shout out to my sponsors, um, Wicked Weights. Uh, if you guys are looking to pick up some tungsten, uh, use code SJ10 for 10% off at wickedweights.com. Uh, TRC covers best fishing rod protection in the world, hands down. Rod tip protection—they float. Um, you can't beat them. Fully customizable. So check them out at trccovers.com. Use code East10 for 10% off there. FX Custom Rods. Um, I use. Their Extreme Angler Series, one of the best rod lineups I've ever seen. Um, high, high-end components at a, a super low price point, so, you know, it's affordable for everyone. Some of the best blanks you're, you're going to find. Um, accent fishing products, you know, the best spinnerbaits, the River Special, everybody's seen that. Some of the biggest pros have won off of that in, in recent years, um, and great baits as well. So, um, and then Biz Baits is my new one, actually announcing that right here. Um, you know, I've been fishing Biz Baits for a long time and finally I'm teaming up with them and I'm going to be promoting them this year out on the pro tour, um, and hopefully for years to come. So check them out at bizbaits.com.
1: Right on, man. Congrats on that. Um, what was that, uh, promo code for the wicked weights? Cause what I'm going to do guys is I'm going to put these in the show notes so if you guys are interested in any of these products, the promo codes and stuff will be in there that uh, Sam just gave off.
0: Yeah, so Wicked Weights, it's going to be S J one zero S J ten for ten percent off Wicked Weights.
1: And then East ten for the TRC
0: covers. Right, and if anybody's interested in FX uh, custom rods, just uh, you know shoot me a message, look me up, and uh, I can help you out there as well.
1: Very cool, very cool, man. Yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And uh, we very much appreciate your time and all that good stuff. So uh, real quick, guys, um, hope you guys enjoyed tonight's guest. Um, If you ever have a question, comment, uh, want us to talk about a future topic, feel free to reach out at paddle, the letter N in fin at gmail.com uh check out the website paddleandfin.com um we just added some t-shirts this week to the swag store there is the yeah buddy edition and the and i'm jay so
2: and i'm jay
1: <laughs> uh, you guys can check those out um So those are up there, and then um, all the Rocktown demo days will be down in the show notes. So if you're up here in the northern Illinois area looking to get into a new boat, uh, Rocktown can uh, set you up with that. And I think that is it, my friends. Till next time, tight lines and smooth paddling.